You're listening to Code Punk with Bill Ahern and Michael Zool, a podcast about the intersection between programming, technology, and the digital lifestyle. All right, I'm going to synchronize myself Can you here. still hear me? Yeah, I hear you fine. Hear me? Great. See, where are you at? Am I sta- I'm standing right on top of you. Oh, yeah? There we yeah. go. <laughs> Yeah. Look at you. All right, so this is what this I did. Go like one, two, three. So that's and I just use that as a visual cue to synchronize the one, two, three, and you're floating up and down. All right. Am I? There you were for a second there. I guess everybody's kind of floating up and down. That's yeah. Kind of weird. Okay, so I mean, just to let people know what we're doing, if you're hearing this on the audio. Um, on the Code Punk podcast, uh, Bill and I are going to be experimenting with virtual reality for a little bit. And uh, this episode, if we can call it an episode, I was referring to it as an interstitial episode. Um, we're just going to warn you that you're going to get a lot of funky stuff as we try different <laughs> formats for recording and experimenting in virtual reality. Um, so it's just fair warning. This is going to be a short episode, probably chopped down to about 10 minutes as we try to figure out what we're doing and if you are listening to this in audio hopefully we were able to record did we start recording yet the video i started recording because my feeling is i can i can always just chop off right. in fact you know i'm probably just going to start right. right where you where you started talking you know and all the all the preamble stuff us setting okay. up leave that out all right so so in that case then hopefully on the youtube channel when you go to the code punk podcast playlist there will actually be video and uh, these avatars almost look like us almost uh, at least Bill's kind of the, I mean, every all white people look the same, right? So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I can't tell us apart. Um, yeah. My, my thoughts were, um, are you recording video too? Or are you doing a video recording or just the audio? I'm not recording video. I'm only recording audio right now. Okay. So I'm recording video. Um, Should I try to record video too or no? Uh, I would say go ahead. Yeah. Um, if you know how to do that, if you've spent enough time figuring that out. So I wonder how much... So I'm going to, uh, can you still hear me? All right. So I'm blinking probably... out of existence. What's that, Mike? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. So I am recording to a certain extent and I only have the, uh, 64 gigabyte Oculus. So we'll see how quickly I run out of space if um, we go too long. <laughs> yeah. No, I, f- I found that, uh, the, the video wasn't too tremendous. Like you've, you said 64 gig. Yeah. That's plenty. It's a regular MP4. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, so it's not it's not right. massive. A um, couple of things I wanted to point out was that with the video, my plan is that um, if you want to give me your video and audio, and I'll try to sync it unless you want to sync it, and then I was basically just going to put both of our videos together. So and then and then have a single audio track like a normal podcast, and then but then right. like the side to side video so people see what you see. And then right next to that would be what I see, but you know, a singular audio basically, or seemingly. Um, All right. One of the things if you're that, able to do that, you can pass you can pass the video back to me, and I can add the intro um, and the outro, kind of as we've been improving the video. Oh yeah. With uh, the Code Punk channel, so that'll work out quite well. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So now that now uh, now uh, listeners of the show get to see sort of inside baseball as we as we work out what exactly this is that we're doing. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to point out, and I think is kind of cool to listeners, um, and I don't know if you've picked up on this yet. That's what I was asking. When, when we transitioned from just the basic party chat into this app, 
and apparently you lose audio when you when you move from app to app or even bring up the menu because i think when you went to record uh mike i couldn't hear you talk so i think um right yeah so i think it cuts out and that's going to be interesting right because we're doing our own separate audio tracks and then there's audio within the app which i'm probably just going to strip that out and just go with our recorded stuff right uh but um so have you played with your when you're home when you're in the oculus and you start have you played with backgrounds much no, I haven't. Oh, yeah, yeah. In the Oculus, I have. Yeah. Um, so I think I have the space background right now. I um, one of the th with one of the recent updates now, your home environment can be the pass through. So basically, it's all when you're home, picking whatever app you want to, you know, what game you want to play or whatever app you want to explore. You can actually have the pass through. Pass through is Oculus's description for actually seeing your environment, your actual room. It uses the cameras in front to show you the room you're in. So that's that's kind of what I have it set to. It's pretty cool. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'll have to try that. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. I mean, I just I mean, you, you heard and it's new. The, it's, a, it's a new. Um, thing. Or you should have read. You should have read the the bots and beer that we we just sent out on uh, on Monday, um, which was of course about the potential of a VR winter. And it was really in response to Benedict Evans, who's a, who's a business analyst, and uh, I think he's kind of got the idea. I mean, look, I totally get it. Extractive economy and everything. Um, is VR just a subset of gaming? I say no, and I think that there's enough evidence to point to no. Are there improvements that need to be made? Certainly there are, but just the fact that we're sitting here experimenting with this, um, looking, I mean, I'm looking at you, and I, I, I think I'm looking at you, even though you're a square dude in front of me. Right. Um, it's kind of interesting the way the, the mind is starting to uh, change that perception, and as avatars and as some of these worlds get better and better, it's going to be an interesting, immersive experience. Oh, 100%. And, you know, even as with the tracking for the hands and your head, like when you move your head up and down, the tracking on the device is showing your head nodding like I'm nodding right now. And right. so it's, right. it's awesome. You know, the thing is, even this this app that we're in right now, to your point, isn't a game. Uh, you can select rooms. And I've been in um, di uh, diversity discussions um, about race and uh, uh, gender things that people would just go and share their experiences. And, you know, they found a way and it, because it's virtual and because it's anonymous to some extent, because I, I'm looking at your avatar that you've created um, that best represents who you feel you are. Uh, there's a, it kind of has this baked in safe space component to it where people can kind of go and they're seen as the way they want to be seen. And it doesn't matter. Um, you know, nobody, obviously if you want to walk in, there's robots in this, in this particular app, you could be a robot, you can be all kinds of different things. Um, I'm kind of a boring person, so I decided to just be my physical self. But, um, and that's the thing. No imagination. Right, yeah, I have zero imagination. <laughs> but um, that's the thing, you know, people are meeting and they're convening in a place that makes them feel comfortable. It, feel, it allows them to express themselves. And there are a couple apps like this, social spaces, but this is, this is far beyond a game. And this is far beyond what I think um, or rather, this is most representative of what I think VR can provide people. Sure, you can go in and there's some zombie games and there's, you know, dancing games and stuff. You can play them. They're fun. But I think the value is kind of coming to a, a space like this on a poetry slam night or, you know, or open mic night and watch people tell jokes right. or read a story or whatever. I've done that. It's actually very engaging and interesting. I mean, I've done a couple of things. I've actually come into this space 
and there was a dude who set up Mystery Science Theater 3000 and was essentially playing a video, and everybody was, you know, coming in to watch the video and mock it as if it was a television show from Mystery Science Theater 3000. And then we used, I used a different app, Big Screen, I think it's called. Yeah, Big Screen. And, uh, where you can watch different movies and TV shows, and... and Bob Ross is painting on there, so you can go right into there, and you're watching. Like I'm, I'm, and I'm telling my wife, and she thinks I'm nuts. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm in VR watching Bob Ross painting the screen. And she's like, can't you just do that on YouTube now? But it's, it's an incredibly like I'm sitting here and I'm moving back and forth, and and the, the environment is moving back and forth with the way that I'm moving, my head, right, and and my arms, and I'm kind of swaying, and I feel like I have to stand in front of you. I feel like if I move, I'm moving in a physical space. And you can see that. So, like, I'm being attentive while you're talking as if you and I are in your house or, or at, you know, at a bar or whatever having a conversation right. together. I'm not running around exploring things while you're talking to me. And, and this is, a, like, a cartoon environment. I mean, you still, it's, it's not like it's, it's um, a real image of you. And you, know, you still have the screen door effect. You still have um, some interesting components, like my mic volume keeps popping up over here on the menu. Right. Try to get rid of that. Um, but it's amazing how your brain starts to associate the things that you see with reality and your behavior matches that even in something as simple as alt space, which is why I think it is so popular to a certain extent and why I think it is more than just a game. And, and, you know, let's be honest, gaming is more than just a game. You know, they, they use it for PTSD. They just announced that a re there was a research study for a prescription game uh, that's supposed to help people with ADHD. So this is kind of, it's all about immersive worlds. And that's what gaming is about, whether it's role-playing games or video games or virtual reality games. We're all searching for that immersive experience, those alternate worlds, those alternate perceptions. And um, this is a good start for us. And so we're actually going to experiment more with this just to see whether or not we can actually do a podcast in virtual reality and how it can evolve and how we can make things better. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, and you mentioned the kind of car the cartoony world that we're in right now. And I think that just like video games, uh, this is subject to the uncanny valley. It's really easy to anthropomorphize these kind of cartoony shapes and project a lot of the humanity on like what your avatar is. Um, the more realistic they get, I think the brain's going to try a little too hard to, to, instead of looking at all the cartoon stuff and saying, oh, that's, that's the, re that's the representative of a body or a chair or a tree. Um, you know, it knows it's not trying to be fooled. And when, as this stuff gets more advanced, the brain will shift from filling in the gaps to trying to recognize the smaller gaps. Cause that's what's happening. The gaps to realism get smaller and smaller. And the brain shifts from recognizing that they are gaps to, um, trying to detect where it's being fooled. The brain does not like to be fooled when it comes to reality. Uh, and when everything's kind of cartoonish, but I mean, they've even used, right. I mean, they've even used virtual reality, um, to alter your taste perceptions where they show you a more, uh, enticing meal in virtual reality and you're eating something that is not that thing. Uh, but the meal tastes better or tastes different uh, because of your brain's perception of it. So, I mean, this can go, it would, that would actually be now. This, is, this is cartoonish, but you know that would be actually fun for us to do if there was. Well, I don't know that we could do it right now. I don't think there's any app that's kind of, if if not photorealistic, but edges closer to it. Because that'd be pretty funny if like 
you know, we both tried eating like say a hot dog or a slice of pizza, but in VR, it was like an apple and you know, a piece of cake. You know what I mean? Like you're looking right. at a piece of cake and you go right. to put it in your mouth and, you, and it's a hot dog. You know, and I wonder how what the how yeah. I would respond to that, how my brain would respond to that. And, and they might not have anything on the quest, but I wonder if they actually have something on the Rift. And of course, with the Quest, it's basically it's like an Android phone, basically. But you can hook it up to your computer if your computer's powerful enough, and you can use the Oculus Link to run Rift games on your Quest, which is what I'm interested uh, in trying out at some point because they actually have a, a Blade Runner game or a Blade Runner immersive world, I should say, uh, on the Rift, and I want to use the Link to try to plug into that to see if my computer can run it for one, but to also see what that experiences like and of course you and i had talked about you know there was in development a twin peaks virtual reality game which was really nothing more than an immersive experience and to me existing or at least walking through those worlds would just be highly fascinating and enjoyable because obviously they're they're both series and movies that we enjoy yeah exactly there were a couple different blade runner um games there's one for the um for the oculus go which is actually fairly immersive mm -hmm. Um, you can kind of walk around and talk to people. I never finished it because uh, around the time it released, the Quest came out. I still have my Go. It's just one of those things where I never booted up to finish it. I, I, if I recall, there is a Blade Runner game for the Quest, but you just sit inside the spinner, which is the car, and kind of fly around. Not okay. real, not not real interactive. It's neat, but it's low res, and it's just sort of like Blade Runner-ish. I think it almost looks like a fan creation. Certainly nothing official, but I would love to play a real immersive now, Blade Runner game. Oh, and I would like to actually play a real Tron game. So I know some oh. people were doing some side loads of Tron style, like light cycle games. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, that, that I mean, that, that entire universe was built for virtual reality. The fact that they, they haven't attempted to come out with that as kind of the third, you know, sequel or third movie um, really surprises me. Um, but who knows, maybe, you know, Disney is, is working on it. I'm kind of curious. Um, so are you sitting or are you standing right now? Um, I'm sitting right now. Typically, I stand. Okay, so you're sitting. I'm, I'm actually standing. Um, do you have the controllers in your hands? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So do I. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, like your Spider-Man from the movie. Um, yeah. So, so that's that's like we're in. So the controller in all space. Um, obviously, if I move forward and back, I'm using the thumbstick. Um, you can see that when I. If you're watching this as opposed to listening to this, I'm actually pointing at Bill, and I'm pointing at him with one of my triggers, and it puts a little uh, eyeball uh, over top of him, and if I click on that, it tells me, new friend, Bill. I can message him. I can mute him. Um, so we just, this is the first time we've hopped into this together, so we've actually, you know, friended each other, um, which is an interesting control when you go around to different rooms. You can see who an individual is, or at least what information they want to reveal to you. Um, but again, he's sitting. I'm standing. You know, I have my Guardian set up so that I don't go through it. Um, I actually switched this around because I'm wearing a lapel mic, so my audio might be a little different. We'll have to, there'll be a little extra noise, but it's easily cleaned up. Yeah. And when I'm actually facing my computer, and traditionally I face in the other direction. Um, I'm trying to just walk the listeners through any sort of logistics. Um, so we, do, we are mic'd up in addition to the virtual um, reality environment, which is recording. And one of the reasons why we're doing that is we're unsure of the audio quality. And this is a straight recording. So we are recording to the device and then we will export that video. And then Bill, like Bill said, he's gonna work on it. Um, we talked about other ways of doing it. We talked about doing a Facebook Live, 
and then downloading that video. And I had trouble downloading the video on my end, and then you got put in Facebook jail. Yeah, for for political for posts. Reasons, what are you but... gonna do? <laughs> and then the other thing we were talking about doing is using OBS and what's called Scrapey or Scrappy, which is it's a way to to parallel an Android device with the computer and. For me to do that, I have to wire both the um, I have to wire the device to the computer so that Scrappy can see it as connected and bring it up, and it actually brings it up in goggle view, so you see the two eye holes as opposed to the way this is going to be merged together. Oh, interesting. Um, and then audio, right, right. So, so they actually recommend if you're going to live stream um, like that with Oculus, you put uh, a video camera on you so people can see how you're physically moving and then just use one of I keep bumping myself in the in the thing because I think again I think I'm right here um, and then use the other iframe um, to show what's going on in the oculus but I also had to hook up the audio so I would have to run audio cable from my device into the computer as a line in once I do that I cannot actually hear what's going on in the oculus because the audio is actually running in through the device and I can't turn the audio on on the computer because then you're going to get the recording and feedback from the recording. Um, so ultimately, if we go the OBS route as one of our experiments, I got to get a splitter, split the audio and put headphones um, into one portion of the audio splitter and then the other part will run uh, from the device and then onto the computer. So it's a little bit of a, a difficult setup yeah. in order to run some live streaming where you can, you can hear everything and it's being streamed. Um, there's, there's probably a better way to do it. I mean, I'm doing it wired. There's some wi uh, wireless ways of doing it with, I think, the Chromecast. Um, but, you know, we've, and, and this is running longer than 10 minutes, but that's okay. Um, we are going to try different ways of doing it. And yeah. we're going to see which one works the best for a podcast. And we're going to actually have more topics than really what we're doing now. I think, I think for the first couple, it will mostly be experimentation and exploration. Um, so it could be a little herky-jerky as far as what we're covering. Um, but eventually, you know, we can, we can, actually, we can actually end up hosting um, a podcast episode in this room. And other people besides the two of us can be in. We can have a panel or we can have a conversation. Um, of course, we would remain mic'd up. But, you know, we'd be able to hear some of their audio, too, and kind of experiment with that clarity. So there's a lot of different ways we can go with this. I don't think there's any tried-and-true method um, but it's definitely fair warning to all the listeners out there that although we've improved our quality of our podcast and the audio of our podcast greatly, <laughs> we're actually going to rough it up a little bit as we uh, dive headfirst into you know, virtual reality at this point. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I, I, I'm trying to think of a better phrase used than something like forging new ground, but uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I, you know, I, I do get engaged in, in as much VR stuff and I don't really see a lot of people doing this which is part of the appeal to me to try and figure this out and I think it's a lot of fun sharing like actually making the learning process of how we improve on this part of the show part of you know kind of this is what we figured out and everyone can kind of come along f with that ride uh, with us for the record behind yeah, and we've been so over here yeah. where I'm you can't I'm, I got my point about it so over there um, where all the pictures are on the far paint, wall. Uh, when right. you do it, you can actually do a video share. If you can, if you connect to, I think, um, virtual desktop, I think on windows, uh, over there where the wall is a screen will appear and that's where you can actually share videos similar in the way big screen does it. Um, 
Really? Yeah, I, I was messing around with it. And I don't, I don't fully remember how I did it because um, I don't really stay in this my space very long. I usually typically go to another room where there's activity and people. But yeah, so the, over there where all the pictures are, is usually a screen will appear to do sharing. Um, I'm trying to see browser. Is it the browser that comes up? Look, you left your you left your closet open, dude. <laughs> There's no skeleton. You know what I find good. interesting is in, in in this space right here, I can hear you quite well uh, from the distance. Uh, you know, I'm on the other side of the room for those who are just in audio. Um, traditionally, in alt space, if I'm this far away from somebody. Uh, I'm not actually able to hear them with clarity. So the way alt space works with VR is that just like in real life, the further away from somebody you are, uh, the, the softer and further away their voice sounds. And so it's harder to hear. It's interesting that within this particular room and space, uh, I was able to hear. Now, Bill and I are doing audio share as, as well as um, uh, speaking to each other. So maybe that's a difference that we're in the same room sharing this environment, but we're also on like an, a, a party audio inside the oculus itself um, but something to be aware of when you're inside of virtual spaces is that distance does matter when it comes to audio yeah yeah so, so were you able to hear me with the same clarity yeah and you know it's actually pretty good um now i when we when we put in the audio recording the separate audio tracks it's going to sound fine but uh either through my connection or mm -hmm. yours or just the distance or or anything it could be any number of things the and i don't know how i sound to you but your audio has been a little choppy i can understand what you're saying but um i would be i would not be satisfied with that audio quality um as a as a show you know so this i think it's, it is pretty good that we're doing the separate audio tracks yeah you're you're slightly muffled but much better than uh being choppy occasionally it breaks up a little bit yeah yeah um, and that's and that's exactly it might just be Right. Yeah. And so to the audience, again, uh, we don't expect that the what you're hearing is going to sound like that, because, again, we've got separate audio tracks. This is what we're hearing in the virtual space right now, um, which is, uh, you know, leaves something to be desired, I think. But that's OK. And we're assuming that this is the audio party call, right? Or do you think this is the alt space uh, voice? No, this is I'm pretty sure it's because our party call. Um, which okay. is something, yeah, something else we can we can try too. Which is what would we sound like in the actual alt space? Because I'll say this: uh, the alt space things and the big screen things that I've attended with other people sound fine. They sound better than this. So mm -hmm. it might just be that Oculus's built-in party chat is subpar. <laughs> I, I do find it. I mean, yeah, obviously that clock doesn't have the real time on it. It says five thirty. Um, I'm surprised there's not a few more Easter eggs in this. Let's see if oh, it's it's cool that over here. So over, this is so Alt Space is I'm over here by the desk, Bill. So Alt Space is a Microsoft-owned property. So of course, right here we have an Xbox One. Yep, that's that they awesome. put on the desk inside the virtual space. A little um, Oculus sitting there. So I think this is a Surface uh, Studio. Oh, that, yeah, is that what yeah, it's called? It's the, the one with the yeah. dial. Yep, it is. There's the dial. It's got the dial. And the facing, and then of course, here's an Oculus actually sitting right yeah, here. I think you can't pick these things mouse. up. Let's see, so you, there are some things that is, there there are some things you can pick up. Obviously, nothing in this space. Um, there is a. Have you been out here to the basketball court? I have. I've wandered out there. By the way, little little cool uh, ambient things. Like the closer you get to this fan, the better you can hear it. So it's kind of neat that they do some stuff like that. I have a question for you. Now you mentioned on a tech. 
Go ahead. Just uh, when I move, um, I found some games I move around. Uh, when I move, I have the screen kind of blackens in from the edges a little bit. Um, only while yeah. I'm moving, almost like a cart, like the cart, like the Bugs Bunny thing. Uh, I turn that off, and then I turn it back on because I found if I didn't, apparently what happens is my with with the way the movement and the frame rate, if you don't kind of gray or, or darken that area, your peripheral messes up your equilibrium, and that's one of the things that gives you motion sickness. Uh, I haven't really experienced really? much motion sickness. Yeah, I haven't experienced too much, but um, I was moving around in maybe this one or something else, and I did. After about five minutes of it, I started feeling queasy. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Well, I know your test recording. In fact, come out, come out real quick. You're, okay. Did you see this over here? There's a um, over here. Apparently, there's a tree, and a, I guess a, you have a garbage can on your roof for some reason. And then here's little rockets. And you can actually set the rockets off. Oh, that's pretty. Cool. I don't know whether that picked up in the audio for us because obviously we're using our our voice audio, but it's kind of interesting yeah. that they put little tidbits in there. And I do remember in one of your test recordings, you were talking about the movement was actually um, giving you issues uh, because of the blackout or whatever. Yeah. Oops, it's going to blow up near us. So if you're listening, we, we probably made it so the audio is coming from our recordings and not from the actual audio recording, but we are setting off rockets on the roof. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can actually hear them. And, and when they hit things, they blow up. Yeah, so, so we, I feel bad for people that are in those buildings. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're kind of pissing off the neighbors. And you can almost look. You can almost look over. In fact, it's weird looking over this edge here. If you're on the the YouTube channel and you're watching this, if we if we look over the edge, you can see. I mean, it's still cartoonish, but there's a little bit of, um, you know, looking over the edge and feeling like you're gonna fall or uh, jumping. Yeah. Um, um, what is that? The uh, Sartre's despair. Yeah, the, the nausea. Um, right. They, um, there's actually games where with VR, where because your 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 equilibrium is registering depth and height, where the whole game is balancing over high distances with semi photorealism, and uh, yeah, and you definitely feel like you're up very high, which is a, a an incredible thing, I think. I just smacked my mic. It would be interesting to see. Like you know, we're, we're, like I talked about hitting hitting that building, and you know, who knows, waking somebody up. Obviously, we all start off in the same room in alt space. It all looks exactly the same, and we can go different places. It'll be interesting if it evolves to the point where, much like um, a lot of the online MMOs, where as soon as you leave, your avatar is technically still in that space, and maybe you have your own room or have your own area. If some of these uh, virtual reality worlds and maybe Facebook Horizon will do this uh, where you have your own space compared to somebody else's space and in the virtual world it's not just you're hopping from a room you know to another room through teleporting but you could actually leave your building and you know go down the elevator or whatever and walk over to somebody else's area and it's in their room I would like to see some of that um, physical mapping in a digital space yeah. because I think the brain does well with that. I think it would be really cool and basically have everyone's space in the instance, right? So when you load in, you know, your apartment or something is, you know, there physically in that world. I think it'd be fantastic because this particular um, place, alt space that we're in, if you look down, I'm going to point to it on so people can see it in my video. 
uh, there is a world editor. So not only are you, can you, this is the default world, this isn't anything I've customized, this is just what the app gives you. You can go in and create your own world and you can actually create photorealistic uh, environments. I went to a creepy uh, abandoned um, mental hospital, like an old, you know, scary mental ward and walked around and they used um, uh, like photo, like photographic textures and you just kind of walked around. There wasn't much to it, it was a big yeah. space, but. There wasn't anything in it. There was nothing that jumped out at you. It wasn't like a scary game, but it was just cool and it looked good. So that's one of the cool I things people can build their podcast. Own. Right. I remember you and I had a podcast episode about Tron and Tron Legacy, and we had talked about uploading your brain to a digital world. And in Tron, of course, when when they upload themselves to the digital world, it looks like cities. It, it looks like roadways. And we had a discussion where it was like, you know what? If you took the human brain and human consciousness and what humanity is used to, what what an individual human is used to, and then you uploaded that into a digital space, it's likely that the brain would start to interpret the environment, even though it's all, you know, ones and zeros and electrons, in a manner that it remembers. And so it would shape that world, uh, you know, mentally and how you experience it ex experientially and behaviorally as kind of what you would have remembered in the physical world. Um, and of course, that's all speculation on my part, but being as how the brain is adapting even in this virtual environment, we talked about different buildings and different cities. I could see that some of the first um, adventurers who decide to upload their consciousness or at least attach their consciousness to a digital environment are going to default to the style of navigation that they would have had in the real world, which is essentially what we're doing right here. That's right. Right, because what else could you possibly do, right? It would take a while, I think, before people who get used to living in a digital environment could modify it in a way that's unique to that digital environment. Right now, the only way that they could do it, and I'm sure there's a psychological term for it, is just kind of going with what you know. There's no other way to remap right. your experience in any kind of reality, because so far we've only had one. I do believe this is the beginning of a second new reality. I mean, literally, it's virtual reality. That's why I call it that, of course. You know, and unfortunately, Magic Leap is essentially failing as a company, but Magic Leap wanted to create the virtual layer of the physical world. They wanted to basically create an augmented reality layer of the physical world. And I do believe that virtual reality and augmented reality will blend more closely together. Um, you know, we will have our digital spaces, we will have our physical spaces, and then we'll have that that blend in the middle and uh, Magic Leap's device looked good but it was ungodly expensive and they're burning through cash and maybe you know Apple will buy them or whatever but I think at least they had the right concept of understanding that this is more about world building than it is about gaming. Um, unfortunately they wanted to name it the Magic Verse which I think kind of takes away from I get you know yeah it's magical because this is something new but I think it takes away from the appeal of kind of this digital space it's more like a, i think you pointed out that it's more like a metaverse it's additional metadata on top of the physical data that we already have right yeah literally it's visual metadata that we're kind of you know juxtaposing into our view and yeah i was irritated by that i think i've mentioned this before on the show to call it the magic verse is a kind of a bit of a gross self-branding like we're, if this thing ever took off we sort of position ourselves to be basically the term that people would have to reference to be in this world. It's a little too marketing. You know, I mean, that's why we all, we, you know, we call podcasts 
podcasts instead of netcasts because Apple's iPod. You know, Apple controlled that, right. and you know, even to this day, I, I think probably I know a lot of people use iTunes to get their podcasts. I guess, you know, but even when I listen to shows, like, hey, you know, don't forget to subscribe us at iTunes. I'm like, I don't go to iTunes, man. There's like millions of podcast listeners who don't even touch iTunes. But that, again, that's just sort of the branding thing. And I kind of have an averse reaction when I hear that stuff. Oh, yeah, because branding creates ownership to a certain extent. That's right. Um, at least uh, when, it, when, it, when it comes to advertising and marketing and you know, Apple's done a good job of that they, part of what I talked about in the in the bots and beer newsletter is uh, you know there are certain things that need to improve the hardware has to get a little bit smaller but we're getting there we've seen smaller devices we've seen smaller prototypes we've seen smaller augmented reality devices yes the clarity needs to get better when I watch a YouTube 360 video even at 4k clarity um, I'm still getting you know a, a little bit of um, yeah blurriness in some areas and we still have the screen door effect and there are things that need improvement but anybody who's put on an oculus quest and experienced that startup screen experienced what you know facebook and oculus move you through to get you started with that giant whale comes you know floating down at you that's in that, that leaves you in awe you know, I hesitate to say it's a spiritual experience because we are talking about a digital environment. But, you know, when we look at things like apotheosis, and then this is as close as we're getting to it. We're talking about building worlds. We're talking about, you know, um, incredible adventurous experiences. And it's there. It's there with the Oculus Quest. It's just that a lot of these games and a lot of these experiences are ports from other environments whether it's an android game or whether it's you know a pc game somebody said i can build a vr version of that and there aren't many that are solely vr first environments or games yeah. there's some that are storytelling which i think is fabulous there's a storytelling game that's mostly in 2d but it's a great experience to have that doesn't mean that it's not great just because I can't use this while I'm working in order to video conference my, you know, colleagues. I don't want to see them all day anyway. Um, but, you know, right? Like, who wants that? Stop this. Stop trying to replace the, the world that we used to have with meetings every couple of hours with a digital version of that. Just don't call meetings anymore. Right? We don't need them. Um, but it's, you know, you could say that it's mostly been used for gaming and it hasn't necessarily lived up to that startup screen, but I see a lot of value um, in what it's brought to the table and I see um, an incredible, you know, like, like it's on the horizon, like, to me, I look at this and I put this on, I'm like, oh my God, we're almost there. We're almost to where, you know, this is the type of virtual reality we talked about in the 80s when, you know, we're watching, you know, cyberpunk uh, shows. I just, I just think that it's, it's very, as somebody who's lived in this space, and you've lived in this space too, for a very long time, it's almost there for me. Like, I'm not, despite some of the crappy graphics, I'm not disappointed, not even in those games. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, you know, for people like us, we were already willing and waiting to meet to meet the sort of technology uh, in the middle or even meet it where it was right like we aren't we aren't the the, the, the part of the population that you would consider critical mass right we weren't sitting around like you know a lot of people don't care about VR until something comes along that it's like everybody's got to check this out the so-called killer app 
And to your point, I don't think VR's killer app is going to be a game. I think it's going to be a social experience. Right. I 100% agree with that. Um, but even beyond gaming and, you know, and the world building, I mean, again, VR has been used for PTSD for a very long time. Um, there's going to be altered educational experiences. There's going to be, um, you know, altered healthcare experiences. VR is being used in healthcare. Augmented reality is being used in healthcare and in education. Uh, even where I work at the University of Virginia, you know, the, the Health Sciences Library, they have an area where they have VR and they've used VR for certain research. So it has its utility. And like I mentioned in, in the newsletter, just like Xbox Connect still has utility even though it's no longer a part of the xbox so the technology and the research and the effort put in by geeks like us there's a lot of value there and that sort of value is shaping the technologies of the future and it's shaping the worlds of the future yeah yeah totally agree i want to set off at least one more rocket <laughs> right in that window that guy's gonna be pissed all right, so you want to? You think we should wrap this trial run up? I mean, we we went a lot longer than I thought. So rather than an interstitial episode, this might actually be a full episode. Yeah. Um, was there anything else you wanted to touch base on? I know we were we're, we're, we're going to try to see if this works, and then we might try to see if something else works. Yeah. No, I have nothing to add. I think. And then we'll get back to. Yeah, we're just. I think we're just kind of playing around and seeing, you know, organically what kind of comes of this. You know, we do it, and some great idea kind of, you know comes to mind uh, but duh, this is fun all right well to all those listening on the podcast if you want to see the video of this hopefully um, we'll have it on youtube channel just search for code punk and for all those watching it on youtube hey you know we got a podcast <laughs> you want to go and, uh, and listen to that in your favorite podcast uh uh, player apparently not YouTube or not not <laughs> iTunes if you're if you're Bill <laughs> something totally different and uh, yeah until then uh, talk to everyone later take care everybody that's it for this episode of Code Punk you can subscribe to this podcast on Google Play iTunes and Stitcher or listen to it on the web at codepunk.io you can find Bill on Twitter at Norathustra and Michael on Twitter at Zool. 